You're now listening to the Open Africa podcast with Laulu, Nosa, and Furo. On this episode, we will be discussing cards, breaking down yeah, different aspects of card payments, and then spend some time discussing crypto card payments, and then CBN in era. The last thing that we'll dis- the other thing we'll discuss on this podcast episode. And as usual, expect us to ramble on about random things in the middle of it. So, cards, where do we begin? So can someone, does someone want to just walk us through, for basic, 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 like a primary school child, how cards work? Who wants to explain? Nosa is the bank person here. I don't work in a bank anymore. We all work in a bank. Yeah, but you are still doing the work. I didn't do cards. I'm doing cards from a different angle. A card is a payment instrument. Mm-hmm. <laughs> As opposed to musical instrument, I don't <laughs> <Yes>. understand. <laughs> no, so like okay, um, maybe today you walk into a supermarket, no sir. Yes. And you pull out a card. First yes. of all, how did you get that card, and what can you do with it, and how so, does that happen? The person that gave you that card is your financial institution. AKA card issuer. Can a non-bank issue a card? In partnership with a bank, yes. So that's banks a, issue cards. That's a co-branded bank card, yes. The only people that can issue cards are people that are members of this, of the card scheme and they are issuers. A card scheme is Visa, MasterCard, Verve, um, you know, Afrigo. Afrigo, ETC. So you have to be a member of the card scheme to get the right to issue that particular card. Um the card is essentially like a representation of your account. Uh, For most cards. Yeah. So it has like the number is like your identification number. And when you put it into the terminal, essentially, I mean, it's a complex chain, but a message is sent to your bank that this person with this pan, with this card number wants to make this payment. And this pin. And yeah, and this pin. So the bank now confirms if it is indeed the pin that you set. And they say confirm if you have enough money for the payment you're trying to make. If you have enough money, they say yes, it's all good. Honor the transaction. Honor the transaction, exactly. So the merchant now gives you value because they saw success. Okay. Just to add that at least in Nigeria, I don't know what happens outside of Nigeria, but there, you can say that there are three types of cards, the debit card, the credit card, and the prepaid, prepaid card. card. The difference between all of them is simple. The debit card sits on your account, your bank account. Current or savings. Current or savings account. You, when you spend on a debit card, a bank account in your name somewhere, provided you are not a criminal that has stolen somebody's card. <laughs> but a bank account somewhere is debited and it goes through that complex um, chain until the final beneficiary, whether a business or whatever. A prepaid card, on the other hand, is separated from your bank accounts, but 
it has its own store of value. So when you fund a prepaid card, right, let's say with 10,000 Naira, you have 10,000 Naira to spend. So your account has already been... So the value on the prepaid card is stored on the card itself. It's stored on the card itself, correct. And then a credit card is a loan, essentially. Um, It allows you to spend money that you don't have on the premise that you are going to pay back at the agreed time. So those are three types of cards in nigeria i don't know if there are any more anywhere else a virtual card is simply just a virtual representation of any one of those three cards it could be a virtual debit virtual credit or virtual prepaid card so when you present a card at a pos terminal I think we, I feel like we've we've gone through this before. Yeah. So let's not overflow it again. God, the explanation is long. But Can yeah. we, so I think what's more, more interesting to me right now, I don't think we've spent time on any episode discussing this, is the card schemes and how they operate. Okay. So obviously there's the big two card schemes, Visa and MasterCard. Uh, there are a couple. There's Discover. There's Amex, Union Pay. Those are. They are not as everywhere as, as, Visa, and Master. as Visa and MasterCard. Yeah. Now, essentially, the miracle that these guys have performed is that as long as they've gotten distribution to level where as long as your card is Visa or MasterCard, you can make a payment anywhere. Mm-hmm. And they're essentially promising that merchant that they can get money from your account wherever it is in the world unless you're nigerian unless you're you're in nigeria (laughs) which means they hate you (laughs) but the entire premise of it is that visa can pull funds from your account and sell and well but visa can guarantee that this payment is good for it and you might to get the money so that's like they are both of them that's the promise they make yeah Another thing to note about card schemes is that they set standards on card operations, right? Um, for starters, you have to integrate with them to even be able to do anything. Yeah. Um, secondly, they have standards for things like chargebacks, disputes on cards. So somebody says he made a payment, he didn't receive value. They are very involved with like the whole arbitration um and get ensuring that you know people are um what's the word because now? i mean they're the administrators of of the scheme for lack of a better term mm-hmm. right so they know what happened on the issuer side and they know what happened on the acquirer side what does acquirer mean so acquire is the person that is acquiring the payment so like the other obviously there are two parts of the payment there's the part there's you making the payment and there's the other person accepting the payment. The person accepting the payment is on the acquirer the side acquirer and side. the acquirer might be a bank. So, yeah, so the acquirer is whatever it is that helps that merchant accept, accept that, that payment. payment. While the issuer is whatever it is that helps you, the civilian, make a payment. Yeah, so basically that's what card so, schemes yeah. are. So that's, so that's the card scheme. So like Verve is a local scheme. Isn't uh, Africa? Is that a name? Hey, don't call them local. Many years ago, they did one payment inside one shop in New York, and it was in the newspaper. Oh my god! Oh yes, I mean they are a local scheme, but they have partnerships that allow them facilitate international transactions. I think we've seen those speaking English. With Discover, 
Wonderful. Again, even Verve international transactions are not a thing that you are saying because the person that can't pay. <laughs> again, as part of the guarantee is that Visa and Co. So I'll, I'll give you an example why say like your Apple Pay and I say Apple Pay, Apple Music and Co. doesn't work, for instance. So Visa is guaranteeing that Apple will get their money. Right? So when you, although it's listed in Naira, Visa is sending a bill to your bank in dollars that's so they can settle Apple. So essentially in our current FX crunch, your all your banks have said we really don't have enough USD Dollars to be making this settlement, especially since they are not even making us any money. Like I mean they're making money but they're not really making us money. And like they're not that, an like essential that. thing. And it's not an essential thing. So we're just going to stop your access to these things and we'll tell Visa MasterCard that hey we don't have it so don't approve the channel. So don't don't allow them to do it. <laughs> so that's basically what's happening to you. And that's why you're all flocking to to providers. But if you have a USD card, uh, which is in Nigeria, so if you have a dumb account with USD, uh, so that's what Chipper, that's what Paga does. If all the banks that have dumb accounts, they're essentially just taking your dollars and they're settling that transaction. It means the bank doesn't have to provide their own dollars. When the economy was good and things were bad, I said things were good. good. And things were good. <laughs> the banks didn't have to worry about what they would get USD for because yeah. dollars were swimming in dollars. Corruption, swimming in dollars. Corruption was in power. But now that there's no more corruption, but no more swimming in dollars. Cheers. <laughs> you know when I first when I first started in like commercial banking to get dollars, it was a sim- I think I've said this before. It was a simple email to Treasury, like oh my clients want two hundred thousand dollars. Here is the form M. And in mm-hmm. a few minutes, they've credited the account USD. You make the payment through Swift. Everybody's happy. They go and clear their goods. By the time this episode air, we should we should be a in, new a new, in a new dispensation. Hopefully, by Better the time you are listening to, to this, dollar is five hundred naira. Oh, by the dollar way, is not five hundred naira. By the time you are listening to it, and it's one thousand naira. Well, <laughs> we can do crypto. <laughs> This dollar bit on cards is actually a good segue into the other type of cards that some of our friends might have said, oh, we didn't mention, which is um, crypto cards. Osa, do you want to tell so us how crypto cards work? crypto card is not really different from like a regular... So, you know what's funny is that most crypto cards are prepaid cards. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so, but essentially how it works is you have crypto. Again, with payments... Um, both sides have to be dealing in something that the other person wants to accept that they value. So if you are bringing crypto to Chicken Republic, there's really no value in in your crypto for Chicken Republic. So what they do now is they convert at at the point of payment, they convert the value of your crypto to the fiat value. So maybe the value of the chickpeas that you're about to buy and did I hear you say fiat? Yes. Wow. Fiat. So to to do the payments with the crypto card, they still convert cryptocurrency to fiat. Yes, because wow. Again. <laughs> no. Shocking. I, I nobody, never saw it coming. Nobody's getting settled in crypto. I wonder why that is though. They're getting settled in real real money. Could it but, be? <laughs> while you Degenerate like you are. <laughs> the volatility can finish your business. 
<laughs> oh my days. Sorry, I'm sorry, guys. I'll behave. I'll behave. But but quick question on this crypto bit. Why don't they just use stable? I mean, time has shown us that stable coin is not really stable like that. But why so not why just use why not coins? yes, why not just replicate the rail for stable yeah, coins? Because Czech Republic is not accepting stable coins. Yeah, Czech Republic is not accepting stable coins. The fact of the matter Wow. I wonder why. (laughs) Could it be? (laughs) No. Now, the future uh, people are seeing is that (laughs) people should be able to trade in stable coins Mm -hmm. knowing that this stable coin can be redeemed for cash. Like, at any point. So, there's that confidence. It's kind of like... um, like NIP transaction, mm-hmm. like your ins- or instant any instant payment you have, if money is not moving at that time, but they know that come tomorrow a settlement time we can get this money from you. So it's the same thing with stable coins. Come tomorrow, or come when you need to settle yourself, mm-hmm. you can change the stable coin to real value. So that's kind of the future, but it's not quite not there yet. yet. Okay, me my my own. What's me I want to understand it's coming from a completely different angle, right? So we have Visa, we have MasterCard. From a customer perspective, it's working. Mm-hmm. I'm able to do my transactions, they honor my transactions, etc. Why Afrigo? As somebody who has recently seen the wickedness of Visa and MasterCard, let me tell you why we need Afrigo. Please go ahead. Is dollar, my dear. <laughs> okay. Is so- dollar. So, um, a little known things. I mean, if you are a trader or someone that has a POS or an online store, you've noticed that what you usually get settled is less some fees. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, those fees are, that's in Nigeria, we call it merchant service charge. Mm-hmm. Outside the world, in other places, they call it interchange. But basically, is the fee for processing that transaction, which is shared by everybody that helped facilitate that processing. Mm-hmm. Now, that fee is charged in the currency of the transaction. Mm-hmm. So, if you're doing a Nigerian thing, this, this split is in Naira. So, everybody, so the bank that issued the card gets a cut of that MSC and it's in Naira. The person that acquired the transaction gets a cut of that MSC, it's in Naira. And the different middlemen get their cuts. Gateway, the switch. Now, Visa will charge you a flat fee as the scheme for processing, for like routing your transaction. Because again, a flat fee in USD. In USD, correct. So you get a fee in USD. Is they will charge you one, an authorization fee, and they will charge you two, a settlement fee. An authorization fee is them getting the getting confirmation that you authorize this transaction and two is them having to settle the transaction like they they bill you for making an api call to your service yes so now those fees are outside msc right then the processors themselves also charge a fee so the person that helps you issue cards and the person that helps you acquire transactions. So this, by you, I mean the bank. Mm-hmm. So you, a bank, you somebody, there's an issuer processor that helps you issue cards and there's an acquire processor that helps you acquire on the merchant side. They also charge you an authorization settlement fee. Most times, it's in dollar. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. except it's first, which would be Naira, because Interswitch did not try it. Mm-hmm. Now, the whole point of Africa is that we don't have dollar in this country. <laughs> and and then also, like, it means that as exchange, because I don't think uh, MasterCard exactly. changed their They don't really care. They're just calling you this. Yeah. They are like maybe 10 cents, 5 cents. They want their money in FX. The bill you're yeah. getting is in FX. Maybe you have, you can negotiate and maybe you pay them in Naira and maybe open account here. Mm. I mean, I, I don't know that far into this, but I'm going to say no. I don't believe that's happening. Mm. I'm not even sure that it's an option so, to pay in Naira. Interesting. Oh no, some people pay in Naira. Yeah, I'm not saying you pay. Some people can negotiate, well, especially if you, are, if you are really big. Yeah, if you are big, if enough, you are big enough, you can. I know for a fact that one of them, and you can even naira. open account for them, and be paying their naira in your bank. Yeah, that's. But if you are a small, tiny new bank, mm. you really don't have that option. It's not on the table for you. So interesting. So, so Africa is kind of us, the CBNs, and taking saying, ownership, taking ownership, and saying. They have not overtly said it, mm. but that is the body language. That's that is it. Is that the fees are expensive, and mm. it's not, not the first. Indonesia is doing the same thing. Um, because uh, also, also you see the thing that's happening with Russia and Co. When the world blacklisted Russia, uh, Visa and Mastercard has effectively stopped servicing them, and they had to go to try work with union pay and rule pay and those alternative things so there's the, also the angle of oh our sovereignty etc etc we should be in control of our own destiny mm. but the underlying thing is that effects that they're sending out of the country is coming from yeah it's hit, taking a hit so then doing so cards as a business so like obviously as a financial services institution you have your lending business you have your mm-hmm. I don't know, cash, I'll see business. You have, um, I don't know, you should have different business operations. Cards as a portion of your business, do you think that that's a profitable thing for banks? It's not. Yeah. On a purely cards perspective, mm. um, issuing is not, is not essentially profitable activity mm. because once you add the math, you, for instance, I think you need the skill. person needs to spend... On a single transaction, the only way you make enough interchange to cover your fees in a good exchange, like in current exchange regime, is like I think 50k. Now, 50k is not a regular day to day transaction, mm-hmm. so it means you are taking a loss on many other transactions. And it's not as if this, like MSC is a percentage of the transaction, the scheme fees and the processor fees are flat fees. So, yeah. regardless of how high, how low. It's not even, you don't pass it to customer, nothing. Apart from these guys, though, and I'm not even certain that I should be talking about this, but I think, um, what's your name? Interswitch does um, a percentage. A percentage. So, I mean, it will explain why Verve is a lot more popular. So, if you know what For bank, lower bank, banks are very hesitant. Accounts. Yeah. So, the way, the way the banks see it, and the way anybody should see it is, Cards are an acquisition tool, right? They they are used to drive account activity. The more activity you can give the person a loan, you can you can monetize the person elsewhere. Like you, your your account becomes more sticky mm-hmm. than. I mean, let's look at two things. Like I'll say, I'll say something for like 
Kuda, for instance, cards were very successful for Kuda because mm-hmm. at the time we had cards, nobody else did when we started out. It wasn't a a thing that was on the agenda. And don't even mention Alat. Alat is Burma Bank, so it doesn't count. Mm-hmm. So as far as issuing cards... For FinTech. I wonder why they cut me why I no, wasn't going to no, say no, anything. No, because people mention Alat every time, and it's like, I don't think people understand that Alat is <laughs> literally Burma Bank. Yeah. But because it's such a an extensive endeavor, like even MFBs to do it, because again, that's the only way you can drive stickiness. If it is... And it's not like now where transfers, transfers are more prevalent. Back then... Paying with transfer wasn't a thing at point of sale. Mm. So if you wanted people to keep more, if you want people to keep cash money with card. you, you need to have a way for them to spend that money mm-hmm. that is accepted everywhere. And that's where the card is. Sidebar, but we've actually come a long way on, on transfers as a point of sale rail. Um, to the point where even payment gateways have it and we've yeah. built infrastructure. I around it leave my house without my card yeah yeah it wasn't yeah, always like that because it's march yeah. even as of 2019 december i was on a project that was taking me around lagos talking to um like key distributors and sub distributors for fmcgs and we're trying to figure out like why they because some of the issues that they had were easily solved either through like a POS terminal or by accepting transfers. We're trying to solve for cashless. Um, and I found out that they were even more willing to accept POS, which they didn't like because of the T plus one settlement mm-hmm. nature. They were even more willing to adopt POS than transfers. And fast forward to today. And does, Glo- does Glover Court still do Shakara for transfers yeah, because you see the thing with 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 cards is that when you put your thing in pos the person that you're attending to you gets instant confirmation mm-hmm. is either successful or it's not successful correct now with transfers there's a different complexity of the different banks the confirmation the, doesn't the come confirmation doesn't come as instant to the merchant or to the yeah. person that's making the sale at that point yeah so it makes it a bit difficult so in terms of hierarchy for payments, everybody's ideal is cash because cash instant is instant. You can confirm you, you receive it. Unless if they give you fake Nairas. In which case, sorry. <laughs> like new Naira notes. I wow. like the new onions. No comment. I don't deal in cash. I saw a new Naira note today and I thought it was fake money. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Uh, but again, so cash is because it's instant and you see and you can confirm value like inst- immediately. Card comes next. The settlement might not be instant, but the PS will print a receipt that says this transaction was successful. With transfer, you have to be checking someone's phone. Now, if, what if they don't get the SMS? Or what if they don't get the notification? SMS is delayed. The telco hasn't sent it immediately. So there's all those those issues related to it which has been the make it convenient. Mm. So the a lot of the successes you are seeing now is from guys like money point putting transfer and what's it called pocket and call these people doing transfer and instant confirmation mm-hmm. where you can print a receipt for a transfer payment yeah it, like for us for example my employer has a gateway product the transfer service is actually one of our most requested services um riding on that virtual account yeah. um technology and it's just because transfer as a point of sale real 
has gained a lot of acceptance, which and historically is it, it's cheaper wasn't for the, it's the cheaper. It's cheaper for the it's banks cheaper. as well. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's cheaper. cheaper. And it's cheaper for the merchant because and the then, cost of the transfer is borne by the, the sender. Yeah. But yeah. interestingly, um, is it cards that requires a third-party processor by regulation? Or is it transfers? Because I know that, Loki, this direct routing thing that all of us are doing um, may not particularly be kosher. So, the reason why it's not kosher, and... I think it's, it's transfers. No, it's all payments. It's all payments, so yeah. payments are supposed to be routed through the central switch, right? Even because even um, POS, yeah. settlements, names get to cut out of it. Because Correct. Both for sanity of the industry and whatnot, the regulator has said the central switch should have visibility into all transactions. When you do direct routing, you're cutting off the, the central people. switch. So it's not something they'll they will encourage you to do. They'll frown on it. A lot yeah. of it is very untouchy. Yeah. So I was saying that because one of the issues that we've experienced with cards, especially when you are looking at um, the merchant's perspective is the fact that the settlement is not instant. So if I do a card transaction today, the person I'm paying won't get the value of that money in his bank account until maybe the next day or in some cases two, three days after because things happen on your on your processor side, on the gateway side or the um, on the POS side. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. So, but, yeah, that happens. But I think, well, I guess there's a lot of, I mean, transfers are preferable to cards, but I think that there's still, I know there's there's still some cases of, like, fraud around. Like, if you're not using, like, a pocket or money point or whatever, that can confirm. I can send, so, like, fake People will send fake transactions. Fake, fake transactions receipts to have been things since yeah. COVID, for instance. Yeah. yeah. Even before COVID, fake SMS um alerts mm-hmm. were thin because mm-hmm. one of the distributors that i was speaking to at the time said she had go- she had been defrauded before yeah. and she was telling us that there is not like there is nothing you guys want to say to me that will make me accept transfers that the only people that she accepts transfers from are people she trusts not just trust like she knows your house and she can walk into your like she must know you know you so that's even why they ask you for like your phone number and stuff for like yeah. supermarkets because yeah. in case it is a fake transfer, they can call you and yeah. say, I mean, yeah, I but that's pretty can, dumb, child. Because if I intentionally do it, I remember one time I, I asked someone and I was like, okay, so what happens if I give you a fake number now? And it's like his brain froze because he didn't because he, he, uh, he hadn't dipped it to that extent before, but yeah, so. That's why he's saying card business is like hard business. I can speak from a gateway perspective to say that the answer is it depends. And my perspective is different from Nosa's because Nosa is a bank. He's an issuer or an acquirer. Um, me, I'm just a processor sitting in the in the middle processing those payments. But I can tell you for free that based on our pricing, there are certain tiers of transactions that we take a loss on just because there is that flat fee to the scheme that we pay. Um, and as responsible service providers, we have a fraud tool that we use for transactions because we like to be able to sleep well at night. We pay 
some guys and it's per transaction so for every trans transaction that happens we pay a fee to the fraud um fraud um service provider to ensure that he can catch fraud and if he doesn't catch fraud then we can go and hold him and we vomit money back to us so things like 1000 naira 2000 naira anything under that i think even 25f is still a loss making transaction for us so in that sense we would rather route you through other rails for certain prices and to offer to do our business you then need to get really smart about how you route rails and it's something that i think everybody's going to get to where you're turning on and turning off rails based on the amount <laughs> that is coming through another thing to note is that the pricing is super different right so interswitch interswitch is better for like local transactions local, and local smaller tickets yeah. you'll still make a loss after you pay all the things that you're supposed to pay but yes. it won't be as bad as if you were doing say visa, a or, MasterCard. visa or mastercard so that's that's the that's the thing with cards but i can imagine how for banks by the time you factor in card card production the logistics around card production the sourcing of the card plastic, the, the alignment with the, the scheme, the distribution of the scheme, managing fraud, destroying cards, um, ATMs, and all of that. Yes. I can imagine how ATMs so, are horrible. So yeah, so an ATM. Yeah, so like I can imagine how be, difficult that is. So our cards is a complex, is a difficult business. Is beyond the fees, there is there is complexity attached to the process, mm-hmm. right? There are, there are many parts of a move in a transaction. There are many participants in a mm-hmm. transaction. And for if you wanted to investigate a failure, a failure could happen at any of the different points. So and yeah. a lot and a lot of this complexity is also priced into the service. Like now, doing a chargeback costs the bank costs the bank money. It's not a it's not a fee that they pass to the customer mm-hmm. when they do a chargeback. Yeah, it might be cheaper if you do like is that like a local transaction or you're routing, but there's still a fee to use a cost that you don't do. So there's all that complexity. There's a special kind of knowledge needed, like a specific domain knowledge needed for even like card transaction reconciliation. Yeah. So there are like different like entries that passed into like your settlement account. There is is a very it's not like a. It's not like any. It's not like a transfers. It's not like any other transaction. Yeah. There's a complexity of the reconciliation. There's a complexity of the security requirements, being like PCI DS certified. Oh yeah. How you store your how you store your how card you store, data store card pan and whatnot because digit number because it yeah. is a representation of the person's account. Like yeah. it's not some you don't give out the. It's because. A card is essentially like free authorizations to charge an account, mm-hmm. right? I mean, sure, there's pain, but you don't have an equivalent of that for transfer, right? If you have to do it with your app or do it something, it's a lot simpler. You can't just you can lose your card and you can lose money. The, so to let to rephrase, what stands between um, your card and your money? is a four digits pin because if i take possession of your card all i need is that pin and i have 
near unlimited access just to, to your account to your accounts whereas you like a transaction for phone if i take your phone i must first know your phone pin i must know the bank that app. you use and when i then figure out the bank that you use i must then if it's ussd i must know their number then know your pin before i can access it and then even then it's capped at like what 20k for the mobile app, I must, well, 2FE or I'll know your alphanumeric password. And, your and ID. user ID. And then I'll then know the transaction pin again, which is different from what I used to log in. So just in terms of like safety. So, so and, it, and it's easier for someone to just get started with a product that does transfers and all this thing because these are standard processes. Now, Cards are a bit more difficult. It's so like, complex. Like even the messaging, for instance, is like in I. It's like ISO messaging. It's ISO. It's yeah. not like the. It's not like standard like REST, request like JSON, request and, re- and, and response kind of stuff that yeah. most technology companies are used to. So even finding people who understand ISO are these are people in traditional banks. You don't find them in CCO. Yes. Yeah. Sidebar. I had one bright idea at some point um, for CAD, so I commanded developers to start doing the thing. And then they were making progress because it was NFC stuff. And then we hit ISO and everything hook. <laughs> <laughs> we now started looking for guys in CAD operations and we're like, yeah, 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 we'll just partner with the PTSP and keep it moving. <laughs> Well, well yeah that's a real thing it's not you don't see the api is not yeah. so people have built out businesses in out of making card integrations developer friendly just so you could, just so you understand the complexity associated with card so all those things make it very difficult business like it's very easy to say card business is good business on the internet if you only see one part like if maybe you are you built an app and you're issuing cards but you are you don't manage the sponsor bank relationship nothing you just have an api to create card you have an api to cancel card api to charge all that kind of stuff all the settlement activity does not sit with you it's priced into the one one off fee that you pay so in your mind is like oh this is an easy business but the actual meat of the business if you say you want to be an issuer you want to get into it it's very very complex like you need like big teams big the know-how that's required is can't just wake up and say you want to be a card product manager yeah you can't just wake up and say you want to be a card product manager exactly yeah and another thing that people forget is that it is the card schemes are also near all powerful when it comes to these card things because like they come they come down on you like they are regulators when things go wrong because they're they're regulators in their own right in their own right yeah because you are a participant in in the scheme like they grant you permission they grant you permission to participate so yeah you can't for instance i can't just be wake up and be an issuer of a visa card i have to be a member now because an example was when to be a member you can either be a principal you can be a principal member or be a sponsor or be a sponsor like an associate member an associate member means someone that's a principal is kind of holding your hand into the meeting there are many big nigerian banks that are not principal members that just so sponsored. you yeah. just so you understand there are banks that sponsor other nigerian banks in nigeria 
Yeah. So it's not a it's not a walk in the park. It's not a walk in the park because I remember when um, the industry took a decision on NFC cards. So every card issued in Nigeria today is NFC enabled. Um, the industry has just not turned on the most people have not turned on the NFC rail on their terminals, um, but it's there. It exists. The infrastructure exists. We can do it today. But it was a thing, and I don't know to what extent Nigerian banks were carried along. It was just, to my understanding, I could be wrong. But what I heard was that it was a decision that came from the schemes. Yeah, so... And we... So banks had stock of plastic, because the plastic that your card mm-hmm. is bought separate from any other shenanigans that are happening. So banks had tons of plastic that... They hadn't issued some people with inventory like thirty thousand. And got to destroy it. Destroy it. Many people got creative about it. I mean, so if your bank card. suddenly started doing free card, free card, come and get free card. It's not necessarily because they like you like that. I mean, just had indoors, just, is, they just had inventory that they were going to destroy. Because this was like maybe five, seven years ago. I think five. It's been a while. But yeah. Visa and Mastercard said all cards going forward must be NFC enabled. Correct. And, and yeah, you, can, and you have gave, no choice. And they set a deadline. You have no this choice. Was, you have this to was comply. going to be the global standard. But then now we haven't switched it on. So we haven't switched so, it on. I mean, but you can, I know that they are working the, on. So you can use the NFC functionality on cards now. So we, the thing is, there's if you've ever been on the tube, for instance, mm-hmm. right? And you tap your card on the tube, mm-hmm. it lets you and gives you value. Mm-hmm. You wake up in the middle of the, in the morning, you see a charge on your account mm-hmm. that came overnight. Now it's because there's a trust that we can we can charge you later. We will let you go and we can charge you later. If you don't have enough money, maybe you go into overdraft, you pay fees, but there's a trust in that thing. In Nigeria, we don't have that. So the banks are also wary of people tapping. CBN even making, warned banks making from what like, I hear. Making like yeah, I think they have unconfirmed, but I hear that they told the banks that if you do NFC, it's all well and good. But the liability sits the with liability you. Sits with but I think they've entirely. also not been able to agree on the on threshold. The, on the threshold the yeah, but so, I know that, I know for a fact that the CBN is working on the guide to contactless contact payments. Yeah. So I think um, hopefully I that heard, should come out this year. They were trying to peg it with US. Because I'm really excited about that. Um, I think it, it's going to speed up. Yeah. Checkouts. So so yeah. So that's why a lot of it's on the acquiring side. It's not really switched off, switched yeah. on because it's just not expected. Look, even if we set a two K threshold, the number of use cases you turn every downfall. I I mean I know there's no incentive on the downfall side, for example, to to, <laughs> to do digital payments. But just think about it. I could literally just have a terminal and just pass it around in a bus and tap it. So faster even, than cash. Um, so you, faster I mean, than cash. You might remember Squad does tap to pay on their on their thing. Could also really? even does it, yeah. But it's not the tap to pay that you're used to. You have to enter your pin. Mm. Yeah. Like it's not the tap and it's go. Tap and it's go. essentially just them using NFC to read your card. And it flows through the regular thing. The not the expectation for tap to pay is literally tap, tap it and tap go. An authorization, yes. So that's why that's why banks haven't turned it on because no one wants to take that liability. And it, and it's also because the fraud in the card space can be bloody. Look, we make jokes here about card fraud and all, but it's until when you see. 
$30,000 worth of chargeback coming to you. And merchants has received value and he has gone. That you know that there's a... It's a fraud problem. It's so, a real thing. So the thing, and that's another thing, is same thing with everybody that's launching a USD card product. Now, a USD card product right now, given our current climate, is... An invitation to treat for fraud stars. Yeah, because there's all sorts of racket that's running. There's arbitrage games that people are playing, etc, etc. That's why someone can go to a platform request 1,000 cards because they want to round trip it. It didn't... Yeah, it, it has been... As long as we have this FX Wahala that we have... Mm-hmm. It will give rise to these kinds of games. So you end up with all these high chargeback issues and it's like, oh, and you are hearing of the fintechs that say they want to pass the penalties to the customers. If you, if, you, if you have insufficient if balance, if you have insufficient funds, we are going to charge you. It's yada, a very inelegant way of dealing yeah. with the problem. Because at the end of the day, passing on the cost to the customer is all well and good. Was that in line with regulation? It's not, but again, as you can see, these people aren't regulated. Fair enough. No, sir, please don't say it that way because you it then sounds like we are going to report them. But they are not re- regulated. It doesn't. They will tell you that they have um, partners that are regulated. And again, when, as we've seen with all these things, with partners that are regulated, mm-hmm. I remember vividly when Enter has happened and were doing the what's it called the virtual accounts for the donations and whatnot did it most of those guys got shut down providers more or less killed that killed their business because of the exposure yeah. so just because the person that signed the contract was gingered and ready to close deal does not mean <laughs> that's how it's supposed to work it's yeah. they are not regulated so they'll they'll pass those so them passing the fees, even them charging, I mean, you are not supposed to charge over 1,000 naira for a card, for instance. I've seen people charge 2,000. I've seen people charge 3,000. And it's not like delivery. It is card issue. You don't charge more than 1,000 naira. It's a regulatory ceiling. Whether it's right or whether it's wrong, it is what it is. You can't negotiate your regulator when yeah. you change it. The only, the only cards that are over 1,000 naira are the private banking cards and the argument there is... It's not the card that is... It's not even the card that is yeah, 1,000 naira. It is, it is charged as a membership yeah. for premium. the thing, as a premium. Correct. But the not, card not itself, the card. when they are reporting it, yeah. they charge you 1,000 for the card that 1, the rest of it... Um, 50 and 50 or so. naira, That the rest of it was for privileges and whatnot. Yeah. So again, just because the regulated businesses are doing certain things does not mean... It's allowed. It's allowed. It is also because they are unregulated... And they also don't pose enough of a risk or to the general public. And that is why the CBN... At this point in time. At this point in time. And that's why the CBN hasn't come down on them. But the day they pose a risk to the general public, they will get shut down. Or they will get a letter at least before they get shut down. You get one. Or regulated. Yeah. Yeah. Will you get a letter? No. So your issue... Whoever your partner Oh, is, Okay. Okay, sorry, sorry. Yeah, so your I partner will get notice uh, now. I mean, look at it. Um, piggy Vest. Piggy Vest used to be called Piggy Bank. You're not allowed to call yourself a bank in Nigeria if you're yeah, not regulated by the CBN. You know, the interesting new one is that your trade name and your CAC name cannot be cannot materially be different. different. Yeah. yeah. That's why these guys, Timap. Timap said they are rebranding, but to the CBN point. told them to yeah. change their name to Money Point. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, which then leads me to the question, if we get contactless, right, and we are building efficiencies around transfers, NIP, for example, you are obviously a huge fan of QR, but do we still need QR? So I'll, I'll say this, that in an economy like ours, we are closer to Asia than we are to America. On some things. Uh, yeah. On some things. In, in, terms, in fact, culturally, just because that we, we've suffered retarded growth and we haven't really grown as we should be, but in terms of our model, we're a bit... Late. To be fair, you are right. Actually. We're a bit late to Southeast development. Southeast Asia. Yeah, exactly. Southeast Asia. Yeah. We're a bit late to development versus these other guys. So these other guys, cart started from them. It was native. It was hundred percent native to their climate. It worked for culturally. It's embedded into the system. Mm. It's they know how to. Yeah, a lot there are, there's opportunity to monetize card business a lot of it they know the, visa an american company for instance like a lot of these things just sit with them these things are non-native to us right we are simply riding on western rules for it now qr has been very popular in in southeast asia because it was their own thing mm-hmm is like and you it grew with them so they kind of skipped past the whole card step. so that's the thing for me that's why for me i feel like i don't know that qr is gonna pop here because so the amount culturally of, culturally and then change management change of behavior so i don't maybe i don't think qr might pop here yeah. or i think it is will pop it's and it's popping it's transfers yeah yeah and it, it's getting better no sir it, it's i guess it's just taking a bit of time so the user experience might change and whatnot but it's transfers yeah, yeah. and you see it because transfers are also popular in certain parts of like mainland europe like in the netherlands for instance transfers are a bigger payment method than cards it's not a card paying with a card is odd yeah in certain parts of europe they do account-to-account transfers. That's, that's standard behavior. And it's something that's similar here. Yeah. It's, and so it should be a thing where even if we get contactless or before we even get finality on contactless, transfer. we have a solution that is contactless, yeah. which is transfers. Transfers, yeah. yeah. It's just the that the UX of transfers, of transfers is not as seamless as contactless. But, but the thing is, like, how do I put it? Anyway, I think it depends on the threshold that they set because yeah. I don't know that it will make contactless will make such a big difference at point of sale. Exactly. Oh, don't forget that transactions. point of sale in Nigeria, the average ticket size is actually quite small. It's like two five. Yeah, if not less. I know, yeah, for I know, I, like I spoke because. I know you are using like Delis and Renee and the Prince. You know, point of average, and, average, but it's small. It's like, like it's not even a slight to you. Eh? It's just what it We're is. Poor. We even me, my own average ticket size is nowhere near to five. It's probably closer to twenty k on average. Yeah. But the reason why I know that the average ticket size at point of sale is that small is because I know that the average account balance. 
it's like five it's like 500 naira or something yeah. like that so it's re- it's it's crazy another thing that is interesting is that because we are poor for a large portion of our demography cards actually don't make sense yeah and they're expensive they're expensive and take for example, with- issuing on wallets is the most ridiculous thing. But that's why they issue verb on wallets. Yes, but even with the verb to do a withdrawal on an ATM terminal with a card issued on a wallet is about a hundred naira. Because it's an MMO, it's an MMO's yeah. um, card. So they charge them, and I think it's like a hundred naira or so. Now, in all of this, there's also a... USSD. No, forget USSD. There's the global chip shortage. Yeah, that, there's also that. That affects us materially. The cost of card plastic is 2 to 3x what it was in 2021. As The CBN limit is 1,000 naira. The cost of the plastic is like 3k. 2k, 3k. Crazy. So you're taking a loss at the point of issue. Yeah, you're taking a loss at the point of issue. And your bet is that you'll make it back over the lifetime of that card, which is five years. If the person is spending over 50k (laughs) per transaction. So there's a... For five years. There's a lot of incentive for you to push your customer to transfer. And there's a lot of incentive for you to make the transfer transfer experience better. Yeah. So that people are not requesting cards. Cards, yeah. Fair enough. I think we have done it deep 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 vibe dive into cards um shall we just quickly touch on cbn in era which is another means of transacting please there's nothing to touch on the cbn have created a wonderful product i will not be speaking about my Um, regulator in derogatory terms thank you so the imf wrote like an essay or something we will contest the the contents of that report my friend i said my regulator does not issue useless products it wasn't surprising it was expected Mm-hmm. But at the but same time, it's surprising. Please, why are we doing fourteen k transactions a, a, a month? <laughs> What's going on? Exactly, exactly. That I knew it was bad. But you didn't but, know it was that bad. Like, the extent of it being bad. Let me, let me let me trip you. So CBN has how many staff? Like eight thousand or thereabouts, right? CBN has eight thousand staff. Something like that. And and they pay staff lunch allowance on the app. I'm um, on Inara, right? So inflow, eight thousand transactions. Outflow, sixteen thousand transactions. So that's the fourteen thousand a week. I've not seen anything. I'm shedding hot tears. I'm just putting it out there. So the numbers have been. Can we invite a member? Abysmal. I'm joking. I'm joking. Abysmal. I'm joking. And why is it so poor? Is because there was so much opportunity. Because in the paper they talk about how. Inara could have been used for remittance, which was described in the original, um, the original what you call it, in the original presentation on Inara about how they wanted to do it in phase two was going to be remittance, and we haven't seen phase two yet. I mean, Flutterwave says they are using Inara for send, but is it like? They are they are in bed with their regulators. They are yeah. compliant with their regulators. They send that money directly to my bank account. They don't send it to my inner wallet. They are working with their regulators. They are, they are working with their regulators. I'm assured that they are meeting customers. It doesn't even pass my inner wallet. They don't even ask me for my wallet address that's, at any point. That's the thing. I don't even... I don't they ask me for my account number and my bank. I don't think I ever signed up for inner. 
I did because I, I, I put 100 naira and cool because I was I did because I was part of the implementation team in the bank back then. I don't then. think I, yeah, I don't think, I think the, I think that's when I was mentally checking out. So yeah, was, and then I, I, I also tried to help out with a bit of like change management and like user education. Um, but there were some questions that they asked me that even back then in my mind, I was like, please don't ask me this question. I'm in the same boat as you. Mm-hmm. I can't really answer these questions. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I don't think they took the most optimal decisions on that product. The first gaff, I think, was using guide to bank charges on eNaira. I'm not sure that that was the best decision um, because you've essentially created a competitor that has no compelling advantage over what already exists. So the work to change people is significant. Two, it's this initiative is being driven by a government that is not particularly on the best terms with the populace because i remember a couple of people saying they just want yes that why do they want why do they why are they doing this they just want to use my bvn and see what i'm spending you know like which they can do like that i mean they can already do it to be honest but it just goes to show that a different approach will have been necessary and i do wish that they carried the fis more along in the conceptual stage because it doesn't look like they did. I know it's not easy for a one deputy to want to serve customers directly. One deputy governor mentioned it in one event like this, and by the next time we'll hear about it, it was come and integrate. And then we're all running helter skelter, you know, trying to meet timelines and whatnot. So there are other countries that have done similar things, like not CBDCs, but similar central bank initiated, initiated like. Um, endeavors. Customer facing. Yeah, so like PIX in Brazil is like by the Brazilian Central Bank. Um, UPI in India is by like the Indian Central Bank. And I thought India would have been the best model for it because in India UPI is so everywhere and they say just like how in because India transactions are free, UPI transactions are free. Payments, payments as a business in India is not really a business like that. It's now what you build on top of payments that you make money from, which is what I thought the CBM would have copied and tried to do and, and get people to like the next level. But yeah. Anyway, by the time you guys hear this, dollar probably 500 naira will probably <laughs> we might have a new CBM governor. And perhaps there'll be some information hmm. on the inner. Yes. Hmm. All right. Thank you all for listening. I feel like this was a deeply, deeply, deeply. I hope it was. Well, I hope that for people listening to be an insightful episode because actually it spends a lot of time breaking down stuff. Um, so till the next episode, thank you for listening. Bye.